Ode to the Sailor's Sea by Paolo Pietro Paolo. And the question for to me at the Lyax and Tenahim at the Tsnoots, Tilt Namakal Nashqualo and at Nakoyal Kunasni Quako, the Stehimsta, Nahim at the Ozal. Nilta Sailor Sea, Nishni Wayne Tan, Ozal, Ozal, Nahim at it's no three months to need this one as Parliament. This month's wait near to Seattle, to Vancouver, to Slimith at E, to Vancouver Island. So that's pretty characteristic um, noise, is walking through the Salau. This question is the Kuna so team master Juan need this one as Qualow and Uhamati caught Sailor's Sea at the Nahim at Stoats Art. And the funny thing about it is, is that they order this from all across North America to stick in their floral arrangements. And we just have it here. But yet, when people move here, they mow it all down and stick up some bloody Kentucky bluegrass. It's the mug's weight at the This is all Gary Oak and little rocky outcrops, and there's it's kind of the land of the alligator lizard. Sailor's Sea at the Nahim, it's those are. Virtually everything now, these are all endangered ecosystems. These rocky outcrops, and the, there's a whole lot of different wildflowers that Douglas fir, Arbutus, open savannas. Classic geological formations that run in long striations and folded sedimentary sea ancient granite and batholith and that bit of sea in between the crumpled island and the edge of North America is the Sailor Sea. I also think that the Sailor Sea looks a little bit like an octopus if you imagine the head as Juan de Fuca Strait. And then there's sort of tentacles, so you've got Georgia Strait, Paris Strait, Boundary Pass, Chinkamali, those sort of areas, those are all the legs of the octopus. Um, we are the Salish people. There's probably 150 different names that describe all the different water bodies of the Salish Sea. Georgia Strait, Douglas Fir, Arbutus. Just draw a straight line down the coast between Vancouver Island and the mainland. By any mariner standard, it is a strait. Georgia Strait. The actual body of water is not a sea. We might as well call it a puddle or a pond. <laughs> 
the term Salish Sea is, is relatively new, but I can tell you where the name Strait of Georgia appeared because we kept records. It was actually named on the birthday of King George III, uh, His Majesty King George III. George Strait. We've already named the body of water. It's been named in honor of an individual who funded and instigated an expedition to the area. Let's stick with what we have. On Monday, the 4th of June, 1792, George's double allowance of grog to drink the king's health. So they basically just had this drunken, food-filled party on the boat. The name was born out of that. In honor of King George III. George Strait. We are the Salish people. You've got British Columbia ferries. Uh, train car after train car filled with grain. Unloading onto ships. The commercial boats. The big tanker ships. A very active international water. Let's stick with what we have. degradation of our ocean bottoms and shores and the sea life depleting. Very few salmon return to the streams now. There's just less life. Chinook, and then you'd get orcas coming in after the Chinook. There's just less life. So we don't have any herring anymore. Very few salmon return to our streams. We haven't been looking after this sailor sea and treating it as a, as a toilet bowl, I think. <laughs> That's the part that I, burdens my heart because we've lost so much. I only have stories to tell my children now. What we're proposing now is the idea that we have another layer and that that layer be the Salish Sea to be used in Puget Sound, Juan de Fuca, and Georgia Strait. And those three names be kept and not to be done away with. This is the lifeblood of the Salish Sea. It completes our history. Salish Sea, the Mahimaa This creek's named after my, my grandfather, by my great-grandmother. They lived on a village site called Fonanach. 
So I call it Monte Creek slash Winnetich. <laughs> Depending on what I'm feeling like. It completes our history. It's just last life. I still sit here and go, how could we have been so arrogant? It completes our history. Sailors see at the Nahim at Stosar. Welcome to the shores of the Sailor Sea. We're standing in, on the shores of our beach, the Sailor Sea. to the Sailor Sea was produced and composed by Paolo Pietropalo. You heard the sounds of the Salish Sea and the voices of George Harris of the Shumanist First Nation, geographer Brienne Penn, and monarchist Keith Roy. It was commissioned by CBC Radio's Outfront and the Deep Wireless Festival of Radio Arts. It premiered on Outfront across Canada on May 15, 2009, and in Octophonic Surround Sound at the Deep Wireless Festival in Toronto, Ontario on May 30, 2009. Paolo Pietropalo is an audio documentary producer, writer, and composer who lives in Vancouver, Canada, also known as the unceded traditional territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations by the shores of the Salish Sea. Here's Paolo on the making of this piece. When I made Ode to the Salish Sea, I was really concerned about, I'm a white guy, I'm going to go make a documentary about this proposal to rename this body of water for those unfamiliar with the Salish Sea. It's the body of water, it's now, it's been official for almost 10 years. The US made it official first and then Canada followed suit. It's a body of water that uh, starts in Puget Sound, south of Seattle and stretches all the way north into British Columbia, north of Vancouver. It's made up of three other bodies of water which have kept their names, Puget Sound, the Strait of Georgia and Juan de Fuca Strait. Um, all three of those names are colonial era names. What the new name does is it acknowledges two things. It acknowledges the original inhabitants of the area, the Coast Salish peoples, and it also acknowledges that it's actually one ecosystem. All three bodies of water make up the same ecosystem, the Salish Sea. So I, I'm a white guy setting out to make a, a documentary or an audio artwork about this name and the importance of this name. So I was very conscious of making sure the indigenous voice was central and 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 I wanted to acknowledge that the importance of of their language too, because their language is 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 disappearing. It's it's one of the many many endangered languages in British Columbia. So it was really important for me to to give space to that language and to record that language and then to weave it into the natural sounds of the environment. And maybe you know, listening back, sometimes I wonder if it's too on point. The native language plus the nature sounds versus English and industry sounds. But I tried to weave them together in a way that showed that the, that by now the relationship has become symbiotic. Everything needs the other, and we need to find a way to to have all of these things coexist: nature and industry, but also colonial culture and the culture that. that was here before.
We're so grateful to Paolo for sharing this piece with us. Paolo's had an expansive career, and if you're itching to listen to more of his work, we recommend his series in collaboration with Chris Brooks and Joey Taylor called The Wire, The Impact of Electricity on Music. We'll link to it on our website, constellationsaudio.com. This week's fortnightly frequency is... I'm putting on really, 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 really dark glasses. Whoa! That's... Wow! This is like DreamWorks. More from all of us in two weeks. Until then, stay starry-eared, friends. <laughs>